you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a repeat special guest, one of my favorite Lifter LMS customers. His name is Ziv Raviv. He has many projects. You can find him at dailycookie.co. First, welcome to the show, Ziv. Hey, Chris. Hello, everyone. Uh, LMS, LMS Cast uh, Nation. And it's just uh, great to be here again. You're one of my favorite people. Um, whenever I sense in somebody like a sense of doubt, like, can I do this? Um, you know, will anybody buy my course? I like to bring up your story and, and keep in mind for the listener and the watcher out there, Ziv is a serial entrepreneur. He has lots of projects and he's super passionate and he, he gets a lot done. He has one project called Balloon Artist College, which teaches kid entertainers, basically the entrepreneur niche of becoming a balloon artist as a job, as a career, start your own business as a balloon artist, which is a micro niche. By the way, Ziv's podcast, Micro Niche Mastery, like I said, he's a serial entrepreneur. Go listen to that. There's some great interviews on that. I listen to every one of your episodes. Um, <laughs> and uh, But anyways, whenever I sense that somebody is like, I don't know if this is going to work, I mention you. And it's not that um, it's a small niche. It's a micro niche. I think you said at one point on this podcast, it was 5,000 people like total addressable market, something like that. That's not very big yet. Two years ago, um, you were, you were making some, I think six figures in that it's probably bigger today, but, uh, just to kind of land the plane and bring people in what makes, we'll talk about, we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but for the for making money, teaching people how to tie animal balloons and build a business around that, how does that work? Like, like what makes Balloon Artist College the success that it is? So first of all, uh, these days, uh, days um, Balloon Artist College have grown to be, you know, multi-year, multi, uh, like a uh, uh, six-figure business. We, we actually have six different brands and this is the leading, the leading one. And uh, we did uh, $377,000 in 2021. And that is despite the fact that, you know, 2020, 2021 were really hard on our customers, uh, but we were constantly listening, constantly adapting uh, to what they need. So these days, Balloon Artist College is not just about um, the twisting side of balloons, which is how to entertain uh, kids mainly. Uh, with balloons, but it's also about all these huge balloon installations where uh, professionals decorate entire events with balloons. Uh, like Amazon, for example, is a company that uses a lot of balloon decorators constantly, like uh, to encourage uh, and motivate their teams. And you can see all these really beautiful uh, uh, balloon installations. Uh, so I think that, uh, I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of money making hobbies out there. And, and you know, now with the hat of uh, the Micro Niche Mastery podcast, I, I really love researching what other niches, you know, are viable 
uh, for, for a business, for an online course business. And uh, if you Google it, if you look for it a, a little bit, you will see that there are many uh, hobbies out there. Of course, there's hundreds of them, but there are hobbies that make money for the person that have it. And when you find something like that already, you can start to look at it and you know, ask yourself, can I create a transformation in people's lives? And specifically with balloon art, um, I can't make people... Uh, super rich, but I can help them make four figures or five figures or six figures a year, depending on the transformation. So we just focused on that, just helping people become a hobbyist that makes money and then become a professional and then become a professional that can actually make a living out of their art. I love that. I just want to add, I think one of the secrets I've, I spent, I've actually spent a lot of time on your website and I, I look around, I'm like, Cause I'm always fascinated with the question, what makes this work? And you have a very clear customer. Like it's an aspiring balloon artist with a very specific result that they want, which is to be able to make money with their hobby. And, and if things go really well, potentially, like you said, five or six figures, um, that's just so clear. A lot of experts get really fascinated on their expertise or their mechanism and they almost like, it's like a magic trick. Like they forget about who am I helping and what do they want? What result do they want? Like, how does, I, I don't know. I just think your story is just so fascinating. Like you're full stack. It's not just about you. It's really about them. Like, can you speak to that more? Well, I guess uh, it's all about uh, um, ego. And do you allow ego to be in, your, in the way of your journey? Uh, Ryan Holiday have a lot of uh, um, writings on this, like even just the book, Ego is the Enemy, uh, which I think is brilliant. Um, you know, if you really are into transforming people's lives, then you have to uh, care about their lives. And by doing so, you will, have, you, you will be able to also transform yours as well. Um, and it gives you meanings, it gives you purpose when you focus on other people. And it's the, the actual, you know, the actual thing that people care about the most is themselves. So if you are able to talk about that, they will listen, they will be interested in what you do, and they will buy what you're, what you're producing. That's awesome. I noticed um, on your podcast, Micro Niche Mastery, you interviewed some other Lifter LMS customers like Angela Brown, who teaches similar to you, uh, a certain entrepreneur niche. In this case, it's house cleaners, how to start and grow their companies. The total addressable market for house cleaners is actually quite massive. It's a huge industry in the United States, but around the world. What did you learn or what inspires you about Angela and her story? I think, I think Angela is amazing, first of all, and she's such a productive beast of a, of a, of a person in the business. Um, and I say that in, you know, in, in humility, um, she can produce a video every day that is high quality, high, con high value content. And uh, she has like a team, if I remember correctly in the interview, she mentions uh, 28 people in her team. I have 11 people in my team and I would you know, strive to grow uh, one day to that level. And I think that in general, it's about really uh, figuring out that it's not just, there's no silver bullet. There's no, like, it's not an illusion. Business is not an illusion. Business is real. You either can improve people's lives or you can't. You can't just, you know, say that you want to. You have to actually do it. 
And, and she does. She actually certifies people. She actually gives them information that will make them better business people as, as cleaner businesses or better cleaner people as, as a, a solo, uh, solopreneur that um, makes money. And does, like, she just uh, chose to own her, her uh, abilities to understand this niche well. And to revolutionize it, really, there's no one that does it like her, um, which is possible because she was uh, she was so focused on that. And there are so many uh, niches out there where you know you can do something that is so specifically uh, valuable, like like Angela. One of the challenges that experts and course creators have is is trying to wear all the hats. And you mentioned Angela had a team of 28. You have a team of 11. And, and keep in mind, for you out there watching or listening, Ziv has many education platform projects and services he's offered. So he's busier than just one LMS site. But can you give us a breakdown of somebody like you? What are these roles that these 11 people do? Like what types of jobs are they doing? So um, the first the first helper that I got... Uh, was actually a, v, a virtual assistant, like a personal assistant that will just be out there for me doing stuff that I am not good at. Like I'm not, uh, I don't have the patience to, to do that. And uh, a lot of them, of those things are just to make sure, for example, that every single lesson in your uh, course has a picture, as, a, as its featured image. It's not hard to do. It's super easy. You go into the builder, you go and set up the, the picture. It's like, it, it, but it was boring for me to make the decision. Uh, you need to pause it in the right place in the video and then take the picture and then put it in. So I started to use a virtual assistant, uh, what sometimes people call like a general uh, purpose uh, a virtual assistant. And as time grew, I started to notice what, what do my clients need? That was always my compass. I asked myself, how can I serve my clients better by offering them stuff for free? Um, and um, <clears throat> the first thing that I needed was graphic design. So uh, I started to use uh, a company in the beginning, it was Design Pickle. At some point we got to the point where we need uh, way more designs. So we started to hire and train our own team. So these days, um, uh, you know, under like uh, the umbrella of Daily Cookie and Kiwi Media, we have the different schools and we have basically um, seven copywriters in Daily Cookie and we have three um, um, uh, designers, graphic designers, and uh, we have a developer. And uh, so the, the, whole, uh, the whole team uh, allows me to basically work with people and Build their, build their entire funnel or their entire like spark of a business um, from end to end um, on, on, on any platform they want. So um, I don't think that you need necessarily that many copywriters if you don't offer copywriting services, right? You don't also always have to have someone that is a full-timer. You can get help that is from part-timer or a freelancer, but I think that uh, getting help uh, for me, it, it was... Uh, definitely one of the ways that I became more, more productive. That's awesome. Um, one of the things I noticed people who are successful making courses and coaching programs and service offerings is um, there's just this like well of energy and passion. Like it's not for the faint of heart. And I know 
you're being humble and like you mentioned with Angela, like beast mode, like this is, this is a quality that people have that really make it in this industry. And it also kind of sets a healthy company culture in the team that, that like surrounds these people. There's, there's the only way I can describe it is it's like energy. It's like this momentum, this passion that just snowball gets bigger and bigger over time. Um, what powers that battery for you? Like, where does this motivation come from? Um, I, I just want to um, emphasize, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, this whole thing about um, motivation and being very productive and doing a lot um, is so important because without it, you're, you're like, I see so many businesses, they don't do enough. They don't put in enough hours into like just doing the marketing. They don't put in enough uh, hours into building stuff, into actually providing value. Um, they they become they 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 lock themselves into a cage of like a one course or a one like a one trick pony type of a deal, and you can't really listen uh, well enough. Like I call it, listen harder uh, to your clients if your interaction with them is so limited to like your first course that you ever created. Sure, you have to start somewhere. Yes, I started with one course too. But then, and I relaunched it uh, twice and then I figured out I have to be way more prolific. These days, we actually have over 300 online courses offered through our platforms all, you know, on the top of Lifter LMS that that uh, serves these uh, very easily for us. So um, for me personally, uh, it comes from clarity. Um, I know my motivation uh, is based on very, very um, deep roots of knowing uh, what are uh, my family needs, what are uh, my own uh, aspirations on helping uh, making this world a prettier place, one business at a time. And um, I believe in the power of business and I believe that businesses can actually help uh, make this world a better place. Um, and it's, it's really a matter of clarity to be uh, that well, that motivated. But there's one more thing about motivation that people a lot of time forget because they think it's just like this inner thing. It's not, it's a, it's a constant daily struggle of keeping the fire, uh, um, you know, make sure the fire is burning with great energy. And, and that means that every time you get stuck in your, in your life, and in your business, that fire is going to start to diminish and start to get smaller and smaller. At some point, you can actually burn out. That's like you, 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 you don't have any more power. But you need to constantly balance things out in your life so that your energy will grow back and will be strong. And that's why you know your family, your, your the support you get from your wife, uh, all of these things, your, the way you exercise, the way you eat, they all determine your ability to do this long form and like run this marathon called business. You said it's not for the faint of heart. I concur. It's, it's really hard. It's objectively hard. And just to give you a quick example uh, about how hard it is these days, I do about 14 to 21 coaching sessions a day. Wow. 21 coaching sessions a day means that I start at 6.30 a.m. and I wrap up at uh, about midnight. And in between, I have a few, uh, you know, 
uh, built-in uh, breaks to meet with my family. And some of those uh, coaching sessions are 30 minutes long. Some of them are two hours long. So uh, it's, it's, it can be a very long day. And the, it's, you know, the context switching and remembering every single uh, uh, business owner that you work with can be um, something that, quite, that you need to be skillful at. And there are ways to do that. But the bottom line is that for six days a week, I do a lot. I help a lot of people and I constantly hear their struggles and I know how to help them because they told me what they need and I figured it out. I just want, wanted to be there for them with every single uh, one of my clients. So it, it's just, um, um, it really is hard to do, to get uh, bigger results in business. Definitely when it comes to six figures, you need to be willing to, to work hard. Let's talk about the difference between courses and coaching. Just from a beginner's mind standpoint, what, what goes in a course and what, what goes, how do you approach coaching? And, and like what, um, maybe tell a story of the types of, like how do you help people on a coaching call differently than in course content? So first of all, I want to say that if you're a coach and you don't also offer online courses for your coaching clients, I think you're missing the mark because coaches, because online courses are a great educational tool um, that you can use to uh, support your client without being there. And so the main differentiator, I think, is what is the perfect tool to create the transformation for the client. Sometimes um, the most efficient tool is just done with you type of, of an experience. So meeting the client, listening to their goals, breaking it down for them, taking them, like meeting them where they are, um, helping them realize how to overcome their, their uh, hurdles. All of that uh, is very, very efficient in getting results. And uh, we all know that sometimes online courses are hard to finish if by yourself if there's no like extra uh, jab of, uh, of accountability, which can be created with a Facebook group or with, with other tools. Um, but uh, accountability is, is, is key. And, you know, when you're going to meet your coach or a group coaching setting, those things really uh, help you get a bigger transformation. So from my standpoint, it's about whether the transformation is hard to, to, to do without the coaching. And if it is very hard, then I would prefer offering coaching as well. And also um, uh, depends on the money that you can make out of uh, like the transformation. So if the course will basically uh, not make you a lot of money, then you will not be able to really, um, um, it will not make sense to offer coaching on that transformation specifically because people will not pay four figures plus to get the same transformation they can get from a course. So I think that uh, my, my guidelines are whether, how hard is it to actually create the transformation? And if it's too hard, then provide coaching with it. And uh, how, how valuable it is, the transformation in people's life. And again, if it's very valuable, offer coaching because that will uh, create uh, the accountability that sometimes many people need in order to get results. I love that. 
let's say we have an expert that's somewhat new to the online business world and um and maybe they're a little bit new to instructional design and packaging ideas and expertise into usable courses or coaching programs but looking at coursing courses specifically what would your advice be if somebody's kind of weighing the decision of I'm going to create like this signature program course that's really big and has a lot of stuff in it, or I'm going to do a membership with a bunch of mini courses and I'm just going to start and trickle those out and kind of create more of a recurring revenue membership option that who knows how big it's going to get. Is there a place for both or, or is one doing better than the other? What do you think? There's definitely a place for both. And um, I think it's, uh, it's um, a little bit of um, um, like my, my bias was towards, uh, my, my uh, tendency was towards uh, mini courses and uh, many of them and membership sites because I believe in the relationship that it creates uh, when you have a membership offering. Uh, but some of my higher end uh, coaching uh, programs, which comes with a course, um, um, they are like the same program. They just run it three times a year. So I understand uh, both of the of these, and I do both of them uh, uh, because I I believe that um, uh, the client av the avatar itself, like my audience, my clients, they some of them are not willing to go through the full transformation, and because they are so specific, they are my tribe. There are like like three thousand people. I know them by their names, I know their families, I remember you know, names of kids, not of all of them, of course, but some of them. Um, and um, I, I, I want to meet them where they are. So if they are willing to go through this one big course, when they are willing to go there, like when they want to, get, to reach six figures, then I will give them this one you know, very polished course. But if they want to just you know make make uh, four figures make some some more money with their hobbies or, or or whatever it is the transformation that is a little bit smaller if that's all all they want you can't force it on them it's like imagine you would go to the cinema and people will tell you what do you want to see a movie or sit down and binge watch three series in a row don't worry we'll serve you the popcorn so like if they don't want that much all they wanted was a movie then they're not going to buy the binge watching option, you know, out of a sudden. So you need to really listen to what people want. And if what they want in the niche you chose is this one solution and that's it, then give them that solution. That's fine. I love how customer first you are. You're so it's, it's about what they want. It's not about what you want. Like maybe you prefer one or the other, but it's like, what do they want? Do they want the movie or do they want the show? Like it's, it's what they're the market wants, not what you want. I love that. Um, I know you've also, one of the ways you've scaled and increased output is by working with other instructors you bring in to teach courses and stuff like that. Uh, tell us how that works. And also specifically, I get some questions around how do you like compensate people or is there like, is it not about money? Is it more about exposure or how, how does that whole getting outside instructors work? Cause it sounds easy, but then when people get into the weeds of it, I see a lot of people just get lost. Uh, honestly, uh, I, I tried uh, multiple approaches in three of uh, our uh, uh, online schools, and all three of the of the systems I used, or the compensation uh, uh, models I used, were working. But all of them were hard too, like like not hard to understand, but hard to accomplish. So you need to talk a lot with 
people and explain them your vision. But I got away with uh, so many you know, crazy ideas um, business-wise that uh, could not be possible if it wasn't for the fact that I had the patience and the, and, and the firm belief that what I'm doing is actually fair and it's for the benefit of the customer. So, um, and so, so please know whoever is listening right now that if, you're, if the customer is what you are actually after, like you're after helping the clients in their life, then any business model can work. So I tried a few of them. One of them is um, the course creator can sell their course a la carte through me and they will keep 90% of the proceedings. I'll only take 10% just for the sake of uh, covering some expenses like our support fees for Lifter LMS. We want to go on the high-end one. We want to pay for that. We have hosting fees, whatever. So 10% will cover way, way more than that. And, uh, and then since they are selling the, their course through us, uh, that gives us permission, uh, all signed in, in an, uh, like a contract, uh, to uh, offer that course through the membership. So that means that uh, every time we, we create a new partnership with a content creator, uh, our platform grows in, in the curriculum. So nowadays we have like 100 courses, about 60 of them are exclusive and original, but about 40 of them are through content creators uh, that were just uh, into having another point of sale for their course and we're willing to support our growth, knowing that what we do is actually helping the industry enlarge, knowing that we have like a vision that they can share and that they wanna join. So that's one of the systems I chose. And then uh, with lectures, like one of uh, lecture, we will just pay um, a ridiculous amount of $200, it's not a lot, but uh, for some people, that's good enough to come to do a lecture. Um, and, uh, and, and we also tried uh, affiliate fees with uh, like someone that will do the lectures for free, but any person that they will bring into the membership, they will get affiliate fees for life. Um, and that motivates them to do, you know, to be active and to provide uh, value to the members after they join. Um, we tried uh, all of that and it worked. And then we tried on another school to actually just pay one-time fee for the course creator. So basically tell them, look, we're buying a course from you for our platform. We, we might not even ever sell it, ever. And that's it. That's what you're going to make from your knowledge that you've accumulated for, for years. You're just getting these like $500 for one day of teaching or, or, or $3,000 uh, cap overall. Not, a, not, not very you know, expensive on the overall. And uh, some, some agreed to that and that worked well for us. On, with others, we, we told them, okay, you're going to create the course for us. And as a result, we will allow you to be an affiliate for our program. So every time that someone joins through your sales page and joins the membership, they can, uh, you're going to get 50% of the affiliate fees. Um, so basically we, we were able to get ourselves a, a few affiliates uh, for the school that are also course creators. And the last business model was the craziest. We asked people to pay us money for the opportunity to put their course on our platform 
so that we could sell their courses and then make extra money like 50-50 on the affiliate fees later. So we, we really tried all sorts of, of crazy business models from, uh, you know, business models that are mostly about us uh, making more money and, and business models that are more focused on uh, like just growing your curriculum and uh, creating partnerships for lives. And it all worked. They all work well. It's just that you need to communicate about them. You need to be fair and transparent on your website. You need to uh, or, you know, be very careful with uh, having uh, written uh, contracts with your content creators. And uh, as long as they believe in what you're doing, I think that uh, you'll be fine. I love that. You know, another thing I think that makes you successful is that you just challenge assumptions. You, you just literally laid out like five different ways to work with outside content course creators and, you know, some work for different scenarios. And it doesn't mean there's only one way to do it. I love that. I love that approach. Um, what other productivity advice do you have? How can I, I, I just see a lot of overwhelm in the space and uh, or people feel like the course or the membership side or the coaching business is just moving really slow, especially on the start or trying, or maybe they get a little bit of traction and now they want to scale. How do they ramp up productivity without burning out? What's worked for you? So I love the topic of productivity and it's been something that um, I've been known for. Um, some people tell me, Hey, it looks like you have 26 hours a day. And I usually say like, I'm still working on the 27th hour. And once <laughs> I get that extra hour, then I will be really happy about it. So you need to know that productivity is not uh, like uh, about doing something in a perfect way. It's not. In fact, that's one of the enemies of productivity. Uh, you need to be willing to do things and do them well. And actually, you need to be able to say no to a lot of things, like a lot. And you need to be able to um, keep... Uh, keep the thorn in, I call it. So like being willing to stay in pain because there's something else way more important. So it's about prioritization a lot of times. And, um, and uh, you have to understand the pillars of productivity first in order to become better in like more productive. Because actually, yes, there are all these little tips like, oh, and I have a lot of these little tips I use a tool called Lightshot to take pictures. And then the graphic designers understand exactly what I mean because I draw all these arrows and there are different tools for that. And I use awesome screenshots to give feedback to my uh, developer on the entire page in one picture. And it saves me a lot of time. And I use Loom to record uh, explanation videos for my team. And that helps me. And so the, I use a lot of other tools like Trello or like Zoom, but all these tools, um, are like blind typing. So if you blind type, you can type really fast and without looking, it's great, it's really good. But if what you're writing is not really, you know, taking you anywhere, then it doesn't really matter. So it's not the tools, it's actually three things, three pillars that makes you uh, a really productive person, even if you, you didn't learn blind typing or you don't have, you know, a team yet or stuff like that. And those three things, are clarity, planning, and optimizing. Clarity, planning, and optimizing. And uh, each of them uh, is huge in making sure that you will actually be able to be productive. 
So I'll start with uh, Clarity uh, and give you a few ideas because basically Clarity is all about understanding what are your goals. Uh, what is your one-year goal? What is your quarterly goal? I personally work in quarters where I plan for two weeks and then I execute for 10 and then I repeat uh, the process again and again. So from my standpoint, it's the 10 weeks Clarity um, because I know that I'm, I'm going to plan for planning uh, and give to you know give myself permission to plan for two weeks and rest. So um, your your one year goal, your ten weeks goal, um, your long term goals, like three years from now, five years from now. If you really dream big, what would that look like? Some people use a vision board for that, and also a very important uh, key in clarity is goals alignment. So look do, look at the list of your goals and ask yourself like. Uh, between these two, which one of them would you be willing to remove and will still be happy about your list of goals? And keep on doing it until you really cannot remove anything. And then, you know, ask yourself, is one goal is coming on the exchange of another? And what does that mean? Uh, because when you don't have goal alignment, then clarity will not help you basically going into two different uh, opposite directions potentially. So, you need to know your business. You need to know what is your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? You need to know what, who is it for? Like to really understand what are you trying to achieve for the people that you love and even your audience. If you don't understand your audience, if you don't have clarity around who are you serving, then you don't have clarity that is, then the productivity will sunk by, by definition because you, do, you just will not be able to do the planning and you will not be able to do the optimization. So... That's um, my point about clarity. I love that. Um, I want to just ask about the serial entrepreneur point. For somebody who's highly entrepreneurial, highly creative, at what point do you feel comfortable opening a new business? Or, or when does it make sense to expand and, like, and either run multiple ships or to automate one? Or, or maybe you're always, you stay involved in all of them, but at what point what gives you the go ahead that like, okay, now's an okay time to expand where my, my other thing isn't going to be neglected or whatever. Like, how do you decide, how do you navigate that? I just know very highly creative and entrepreneurial people. The problem is too much opportunity, not too little. So how do you manage that? Yeah, it's all, it all goes back to being able to say no to a lot of things and actually like keeping the thorn in. Sometimes I look into a project and say, okay, this one, I'm going to do that in 2024. Or this one, I'm going to do that in April. Like I already know I'm, and I'm planning for, for when will I have time for that extra projects or, or extra you know, uh, new business opportunity and trying something new. And um, um, it's been, uh, for me, it's about every two years. Uh, that I want to start a new business. And um, it also depends on how do, like, do I feel like I have uh, outgrown that business? So like I can actually delegate most of the, of the, of the work in some of my businesses. I literally just need to show up uh, to like a weekly thing and all the rest is done by my team. So it becomes super easy to focus on other projects. Um, so it depends on, on uh, uh, all these things. But uh, I, I personally think that uh, uh, the most important thing is, again, it's the audience. Like, did you actually finish your, what you try, what, what you were set, we set up to do? Did you actually transform their lives or not? 
And if you did, and you, you're confident that they can keep on uh, transforming your life, uh, their lives um, without you being there, holding their hands, uh, 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 then uh, it can be you know, time to try something new. And you can actually start like, to validate an idea with four hours a week. You can. Um, you, but, but you need to you know, have, be proficient with business enough to, be, to get to that point. Uh, but uh, like one of our businesses, it started with a, like a two-year project of putting in four hours a week into this uh, thing. And uh, it generated uh, close to $100,000 by now. So um, it really is uh, different for people. For me, I, I like for 2022, I chose to really focus on the existing ones. I really feel like they are calling to me. They want my attention. They want me to uh, bring like, like think bigger with uh, what we're doing in each one of them. And so I don't feel bad about saying no to people. Like just, uh, just uh, today, someone contacted me about producing uh, a physical product for one of our schools. And they are like very motivated. We'll, give, we'll pay you royalties and we'll, we'll, we just want access to your content and using your name and all sorts of things. And it was so, and, and they talked about how well it will sell. And we were like, no, no, we're not interested. This is not our uh, trajectory to make money through this. We have other transformations of lives that we are focusing on. And uh, saying no to opportunities is, uh, is uh, a skill. You learn how to do it, you practice it. And I think it's very important. Love that. Um, let's, part of entrepreneurship is sales and marketing. And let's talk to like an earlier version of yourself. Let's say we have an expert who's super passionate. And just to use an example, somebody is really into designing beautiful wedding cakes and built a career as a cake designer and uh, they have their micro niche or whatever and they're super passionate they heard about making money online and they've figured out that like education information products coaching is the way to go and they've committed and they've started and they've kind of figured out okay, I think I have some courses or I'm going to do a bunch of mini courses to help cake decorators start and grow their companies. How does this cake entrepreneur help other cake entrepreneurs? For the person in that position, how do they get leads? How do they get leads and sales? Like what's the, what's, if you could give somebody like the minimum effective dose of sales and marketing, what would it be? Um, it would be to create content for sure. <laughs> uh, it would be go create a podcast um and uh and the tv show like a youtube show about you know because it's such a visual uh, uh thing it's an art that it, it's, a, it's definitely art. it's very very similar you know <laughs> to uh, some of our other activities that we do um um and like like when do you really need a cake you need the cake in the event industry when you have an event that you're celebrating so it really is like uh the event industry in large um so uh, I would say basically it's about influencer marketing. So influencer marketing is the easiest to do when you have a way to provide value to the people that you connect with. And a podcast or a YouTube show that, is, that includes interviews, um, those two tools are just the most modern, efficient way to, to get someone's attention. Specifically for me, I would have chosen pod, a podcast rather than a YouTube show because it's easier 
to uh, produce. It's cheaper to produce. And uh, uh, it's different because people usually need to see the cake. But in this case, we're going to talk about the cake uh, and the steps to produce it and the business side of things. So I think that um, if you don't want to invest a lot in marketing and in paid advertising and all that stuff, you just need a, a podcast, which is super cheap to produce if you if you learn it. Once you know how to do it, it's, it's super cheap. Um, and then you need a Facebook group, probably, to create a community. And then you need an email uh, responder type of a tool, like Mail, Mail, MailerLite or MailChimp. Those, those together are enough to basically warm up the sales towards sending them to your uh, LMS uh, website and serving them uh, some online courses or some uh, like uh, opportunities to create uh, certain pieces, certain uh, designs of that's, cakes. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, you mentioned the email like MailerLite or MailChimp. Uh, d- tell us about Daily Cookie. What is it and why did you focus in on like nurture emails and, and how, what's the secret sauce of, of effective nurturing communication? I think there's a lot of fear in the market. People are like, I don't want to end up in somebody's spam box. I don't want to see as somebody who's just like um, trying to grab my attention with stuff that doesn't matter or whatever. So how does, how do people frame us in on, on this niche of nurture emails? Sure. So first of all, like I love a lot of other CRMs as well, like uh, email services, like Drip and Active Campaign and Infusionsoft. I, I use a lot of them. I just mentioned a few that were cheap, um, yeah. so that like uh, the cake person could uh, could start in an affordable way. Um, um, you know, uh, we live in a world. You know, when you're listening to this right now, there's a lot of people in every platform, right? There's a lot of uh, YouTube channels, millions of them. There's like 2 million podcasts, you know, blogs. It's just ridiculous amount of, of uh, you can't count them. It's like a trillion or something. So you're competing against all of that. And if you want to be uh, noticed, you have to do a lot and you have to be specific and you have to be good at what you do. Well, it, the same thing actually applies to email marketing. There are a lot of people sending way more emails than you. And that means that if you're sending one email a, week, a month, right, a lot of newsletters uh, are being served uh, by businesses only once a month, then you're going to be ignored because you're one out of like 200 emails a day times 30 or times 20. So you really want to put yourself out there a little bit more often. Most of the businesses I, I work with actually just need a weekly uh, email or twice a week, and that's fine. Some of them actually benefit from sending three times a week. If you are an online course creator, I think you should send about three to five emails a week because, and, and we send about seven to 10 uh, because you know if you get to a week where you also have a, a webinar, a mastermind group, like uh, and, and and a few uh, nurturing emails, then there's just a lot to to send. And when you are sending that many people, actually, uh, you're a part of their day-to-day life. You are integrated into their life, and that's a very powerful thing to be in. Uh, if you actually care about their their journeys and and helping them, then uh, there's a lot of healthy healthy nourishing stuff in those daily emails. So nurturing. Uh, emails, uh, from my standpoint, is the one missing piece in 
in, in marketing, which is you know, an opportunity for daily generosity. Um, it's the cheapest way to be generous with your tribe on a day-to-day manner. Like Angela, she's generous with a video, but she actually has to come up with the idea by planning and then putting herself in front of a camera and then having someone to record, to, to take the video and edit that and, and, and then uh, put all the thumbnails by graphic designer and then do all the captions. All of this process has uh, uh, like, is expensive and has a lot of uh, uh, footprints. Uh, in this world. A lot of people need to eat in order for, for this to happen. And, uh, uh, you know, sending an email can be very, very cost-effective. It's it's pre- practically free. Like, uh, it's so cheap to produce. And so, and yet, it's, uh, it's like the one thing that we check the first thing when we wake up. We check our phones and we look at it. And people make decisions according to emails. They make buying decisions. Businesses and uh buyers both uh uh have been surveyed by hubspot and other uh, great uh platforms and they show that around 80 percent of the buying decisions um start from an email like 80 percent of the people are willing to say that an email made them buy so um so i want to be generous because i'm going to sell a lot and i'm going to offer all sorts of options to you know transform your lives um, in exchange for money. And if I do that, then I need to make sure that we are in a good relationship where it's not just me, me, me. So you asked what are the keys of uh, a nurture sequence that actually makes sense. I talked about the pace, but the keys to actually um, make it work in the actual level of the content of what do you plan to talk about and what, what you actually write. I don't uh, uh, improvise. I actually plan this. Um, I put it into a spreadsheet and I choose you know, the order and I make sure that it makes sense that I don't all to talk too much about me. So the key is, there's actually four keys. Uh, you need to talk about yourself. So talk, look at us. And when you t- say, look at us, you want to diversify. Sometimes it's, look at us, we got a testimonial. Look at us, we have a new product. Look at us, our owner did this when they were three. Like, so you want to diversify, but the energy is, look at me. The second thing you want to do is, you're going to say, look at them. Now, you are walking inside an ecosystem. No matter where, what industry you're in, there are other people that are doing great job. So, Acknowledge that, appreciate them. It doesn't have to be a competitor. It can be, but doesn't have to be. There's enough people out there who are doing something a little bit different that they can uh, um, they can be worthy of your attention as the guru or as the thought leader or, or as the eternal student or as the business owner. No matter how you define yourself, look at, show people, other people, show. And, and by the way, that's what we do in a party. Uh, I call it the, the reunion party method, the reunion party method. Like if you go to a reunion party, you don't only talk about yourself. You will suddenly say something like, hey, remember that guy? Remember that uh, that band when they came to town? And, and it was so, when they came to town, it was so cool. So the, that's the second key. And the third key is that content rules. Content rules. So you better talk about your content and we better be prolific with content as much as you can. And that will allow you to be diversified with that bit in your content plan. And the last type of email that we uh, plan in Daily Cookie and we send to all of our uh, lists uh, and uh, is, is, is going deep. 
going deep is about the hero's journey of the client. And uh, it's about understanding that the client starts with a problem and wants to reach some sort of a desired state. And they go through this, uh, uh, these steps uh, in every story. This is true. And in every uh, business decision, it is, is true. They don't want to solve the problem. And then they decide to, to try and solve the problem. And then they try a few options before they actually decide to make a decision to buy your stuff. And then they need to gain new skills so that they will be able to use what uh, you gave them. And then they're going to transform their lives and come back to the, to the uh, uh, original state only better. So the hero's journey has a lot of steps in it. And uh, those going deep emails, all they do is help you wherever you are in your own journey. And uh, if you go to uh, dailycookie.co slash hero, uh, you literally, you don't need to, to opt in or anything, just dailycookie.co slash hero. We have all of the steps of the hero's journey mapped into email marketing terms so that you know what type of an email you will need to send. Is it a welcome sequence? Is it a webinar? Is it a, like a, a case study email? Whatever, all of it is outlined within uh, the hero's journey infographic there. That's awesome. So that's at dailycookie.co slash hero. Ziv also has a service there at Daily Cookie. If you want help with those emails, that's what they offer over at Daily Cookie. Um, as we land the plane here, Ziv, I love talking to you. I could, I could go much longer, but um, uh, you, you wrote an incredible um, post that I really appreciated on Facebook a while ago. You were just celebrating your wins, which is awesome. Um, to inspire the course creators out there, I believe this is a um, five-year journey. So first year, 110K, then 165K, then 277K, which we interviewed Ziv at that point a couple of years ago. So go find that on YouTube or LMSCast, full of all kinds of good information, different from what we had on today. Then three, 305K and then 377K. I know, uh, and congratulations. I love seeing that, that we're, we're in the customer success business. So like, you know, as a, as a learning platform creator, I'm just so grateful to see you succeeding. Um, what, uh, you know, the software like Lifter LMS is a small part. Like most of what is all powered by you and your passion, your motivation, your content, your partnerships, your team, other tools and tech you use and what, whatnot. But what is, what is Lifter, how has Lifter helped you on that journey? This is actually a great question because there's, there's, um, there's one thing that the tool, any tool that you use needs to do, and that is to be invisible, to actually not be in the front, to allow you to shine as the course creator so that you could create the transformation. And so um, I love working with Lifter LMS and all of my clients that I help them build courses and, or launch businesses uh, have usually been you know, introduced to, to this ecosystem of a platform that just works and have um, like all the, all the features and gizmos that you might need, but is also uh, you know, within your full control. Uh, you know, it's your own WordPress website and uh, it's supported by a team that will always be there for you, no matter what you need. Like you have some CSS problem, you're not sure how to make something pretty. 
and all the way up to like, uh, I don't know how to connect uh, and integrate things or whatever, everything just works. And, 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 and so it's such an easy decision for me to uh, be an advocate of Lifter LMS when I know that I've been able to grow for five years straight um, without really needing to think about it. You know what? We talked about productivity today, so I want to emphasize the productivity part of working with Lifter LMS. It's so easy to train someone to use Lifter LMS, like to do the, the things for you, that you could actually hire someone for as low as, you know, three or four dollars an hour on certain countries. That is a fair... Uh, hourly rate, um, for example, in the Philippines, uh, and um, and they will be able to build an entire online course for you with your videos in in a matter of a day, like even way way faster. So it really is a tool that is easy to use. Easy, everything is drag and drop. Everything is intuitive. You actually have to be willing to not use the entire thing. Right? When you go into a car, you don't feel bad about not using the cigarette lighter if you don't smoke. The same goes with Lifter LMS. It has all, everything you might need. Right? If you want to create a quiz, you can create a quiz. If you want to create all these notifications and all these certificates, you can do that. But a lot of people uh, think that that is the most important bit of the course, to have like very... Um, like a, an amazing playable uh, experience. But I think that it's all about the transformation. So if the course can create a transformation, I don't mind if I use those gizmos or not. And sometimes I do, but uh, uh, I use it only if it is a key element to helping the client trust their new skills and actually see the transformation with their own eyes. Um, so just to... Just to say uh, thank you, Chris, uh, for being just uh, so passionate about uh, listening to feedback and making sure that your team knows how important it is to provide amazing support, always smiling, always uh, going the extra step. And I've tested other tools and I've tried other platforms, including my clients. Some of them, they insist on, okay, but I want to stay in Kajabi, I want to stay in Thinkific. There's nothing wrong with that. I will serve anyone because it's not about the tool. It's about the transformation. So you can reach transformations and business growth with a lot of tools. For me personally, I think that it's the most useful, practical way to control your courses, to own them, to have that inside your platform. It's better for your mobile responsive experience. It's better for, for uh, integrating it to whatever stack you're using. It's easy. It's a really um, real um, caring support, not of like this big team that doesn't actually look at you, um, but uh, like of people that care. And yeah, these, these are just uh, some of the reasons. Uh, um, I also like the fact that it's uh, fairly priced and uh, includes uh, all these really like really sexy features like the, like video control, automatic video control, and stuff like that, that can actually create a Netflix experience. And this is uh, one of our uh, technological uh, aspirations for 2022 to create a more of a Netflix experience in uh, some of our platforms. So uh, knowing that there's a partner out there that will support you, that's really important. All right. One 
I appreciate that, by the way. Thanks for that. What, um, one more question. I know we're going a little over here is just on WordPress as a platform. Um, so lift your LMS exists in the WordPress ecosystem, which means you have to have a WordPress website, which currently powers 43% of the internet is powered by WordPress. Why WordPress for you? Like I've, I've been in this industry for so long. I've been in WordPress for over 14 years, I believe. So I'm like, really, like, I forgot what it's like to be at the beginning of being like, okay, which, where should I build my website? But why do you think, why do you love WordPress and choose it for your learning platform as a foundation layer? So actually, um, to be fair, my background was in software development. And so when I chose back, uh, back in the days to work with WordPress, I thought, hey, this is an open source solution meaning a lot of developers are into it and the code is open. So if I have a problem, I can actually fix the code by myself. That was my uh, uh, train of thought. So and you're so, already uh, kind of a techie. You were already kind of, yeah, you, you yeah. knew your way around technology. I, I, yes. And then I found out that you need to do some search engine optimization work in order to get, uh, you know, some better results and improve your website and stuff like that to get to, to generate traffic. And then I found that being too techy is a, uh, is, can be a disadvantage. So actually I needed WordPress to kind of step up to a level uh, like other platforms like Wix or Squarespace, where it's easy to move things around and easy to change a piece of text and easy, easy to generate a lot of content fast. But uh, WordPress did, WordPress uh, have stepped up big time with uh, uh, themes uh, like uh, like Divi, uh, which is my personal favorite, and like Elementor, and like even uh, uh, Beaver Builder and stuff like that, like other builders, WP Bakery, all these other visual builders that are actually um, um, as good as like the Wix and Squarespaces of the world, or sometimes even better. And once the visual builders have matured to the level where you can generate a stunning website for both mobile and uh, desktop and anything in between. That uh, changed um, like uh, all of the, all of the uh, score from my standpoint uh, and, and, and made uh, uh, WordPress the best. So WordPress websites get often because of that, because they're easy to, because they're so flexible, so mobile friendly and so, so easy to control. Um, they often score better in search engine uh, optimization type of uh, campaigns like you, you see them first. Not always. Yeah, you can win with any website, but often WordPress is easier for SEO. Um, often, if you need to get someone to go into your website and fix something, you could find a, a, a million WordPress uh, developers out there. I'm probably uh, downplaying it. There's probably just uh, a lot of them. Uh, even more, and, and you could find them easily and affordably to go in and help you fix something if you need help. And um, a lot of the other platforms, you're dependent on the provider of the technology to support you. If, if the support is not that good, then you're going to, uh, to, to have a problem. And um, I love how uh, how, you know, flexibilities. I love how it's easy to add component. I love, I love how it integrates to everything, anything that you can imagine. Someone already created a plugin 
and put it into WordPress. I, I, like we generated as Kiwi Media, we generate like four different plugins. Some of them actually sit on top of Lifter LMS and helps you like do this very, very specific scenario that we needed. Um, so uh, to me, uh, if you are not a tech savvy person, I would still recommend WordPress because of all the advantage of easy support, uh, better uh, user experience with the visual builders of today, and uh, just the fact that uh, you will probably use it more efficiently and uh, grow your, your uh, footprint that way. Because bo the bottom line is, is all about friction. If you have friction in creating content, you will create less content and that will um, stop your ability to grow, like to exponentially grow eventually. Um, so I think that if you are really uh, good in your Wix website, then stay on Wix, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, a lot of our clients, uh, like when I coach people, they will have uh, a Squarespace site and a WordPress Lifter LMS course, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not like you have to have only one. We have over 80 online course, online uh, websites, like WordPress websites in our platforms. We don't have any uh, Wix or Squarespace or any other type of uh, website ourselves because we just, we just love uh, WordPress and manage to grow with it. So it's really is uh, okay to use uh, any tool, um, but uh, WordPress has been amazing for us. That is awesome. Well, that's Ziv Raviv. If you want to go see a great example of a learning site like we're talking about, you can go to balloonartistcollege.com. That's built with WordPress, with Divi, with Lifter LMS and Ziv's other favorite tools that he uses, which is what makes WordPress so flexible. Um, if you're interested in leveling up your email copywriting and nurturing and getting leads and sales, go to uh, dailycookie.co forward slash hero. If you'd like Ziv and his team's help getting that, uh, those emails written and having that system have somebody to do that for you, um, check out what they have over there at dailycookie.co. Uh, Ziv, thanks for being a shining example of what I call an education entrepreneur. That's who I serve. <laughs> and you're just, you just shine your light so bright and you, um, you help so many people. And as a result, things out work, work out well for you in your life. You know, you're make a good living. Uh, you're passionate about what you do. You've developed like some like various kinds of freedom in your life, which is awesome, but you still love what you do. Like you, you hustle, you work hard, it's, you're passionate. Thank you for coming on, being so generous with your time and your hard won uh, wisdom and lessons for the other education entrepreneurs out there. Any final words for the people and any, any way else they can connect with you? Um, well, just want to say that freedom comes in all sorts of ways. And like this year, we just chose hey, we're going to live one, for one year in the city of Tel Aviv. We just moved. It was so easy. I can keep on doing uh, my, my job from everywhere in the world. And it's so so meaningful uh, to have that in your life, to, to know what do you want to change in your life and change that. Um, and I want to say to anyone that is listening to this, uh, go to dailycookie.co. Even if you are not uh, ready yet, uh, just go there, listen to the podcast. It's free. Download the 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 a lot. I want to say shitload of uh, of uh, free resources that we have in there. There's all sorts of guides and 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 uh, actual tools that we use as copywriters. 
that are available for free at dailycookie.co. And yes, once you become uh, that busy, and uh, uh, then we can actually write your copy for you, all those emails and even, you know, sales pages and copy for or any, anything really. So um, I want to say uh, just thank you, Chris, for having me here. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll have to do it again in another couple of years to see where your hero's journey evolves to. I would love that. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.